Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. This is a UNC football recruiting podcast with the esteemed Don Callahan. Don, what's up, man? It's been it's been a while. It's been two weeks off. What's going on? Uh, a lot has happened the last two weeks. Um, you, wh- where did you go? You went to like Portland or something? Or I was another in, trip. I was in Seattle for Seattle. Uh, for about a week, and actually, I worked a lot from there. But I also took a little time off. Well, well that's um, that's kind of the nature of our business. Is you know, I was I was on vacation myself all last week, and every single morning I worked. You in Seattle? Um, one of my best friends lives there, and um, you know, I just toured the city, and then on the weekend we went off to one of the islands, kind of close to Canada. And there was a uh, hot tub that was heated by a wood stove overlooking the water. We, we put salt water in. That was cool. And other than that, kind of just worked and did different day trips around Seattle. Gotcha. And gotcha. you went to Cleveland. How was that? That was awesome. I know every time I told someone I was going on vacation to <laughs> Cleveland, they were like kind of looked at me funny. But to be honest, I mean, it was probably one of the better vacation as a whole that we went on. Um we, we wanted to do something different. Oh, we've done Myrtle Beach a thousand times. We've done the beaches in North Carolina a thousand times. So I uh, wanted to do something a little different to the, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Went to uh, Cedar Point. It was actually a really good amusement park. Supposedly it has like the second most uh, roller coasters. Went to the Christmas Story House, which was probably one of the highlights of it. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, you would think it's like not that cool because it's just a house but like the whole thing they you know they really really did it up um and and i think they said 13 percent of the christmas story movie was actually filmed there so um like a museum or, or well, what? It's, the, it's the actual house that they use and then across the street is a um a museum with a lot of the different i guess uh parts of the movie and the cool thing i didn't know this was when the movie actually initially came out it was a complete dud it was actually probably a dud for almost 10 years so a lot of the the stuff from the movie was actually tossed out like the 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 leg lamp the original leg lamp i think they said there were six of them something like that but they were all destroyed because of the fact that they thought the movie was was just a hunk of junk and um so there's no leg lamp there's no actual leg lamp someone says they have it they're they're lying to you but yeah the trip was fun um you went to lake erie which was really kind of cool it was just a different experience um for us and and my kids enjoyed it too and and like i said every morning woke up fortunately for me my wife likes to sleep in so um I ended up getting like two, three hours worth of work done before she even got up out of bed. So, which was which worked really well for me. So, but it but it was good. But it, it's good to kind of get back home and get back to the grind. And you know, first day officially back to work. Um, heading head headed to uh, your uh, old stomping grounds, Greensboro, to cover uh, Miles Murphy's announcement, which I'm sure you want to get into at some point. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to talk about Christmas story too much. Um, you do seem like a uh, Myrtle Beach kind of guy, but uh, so that makes <laughs> sense there. But we are going to dive into the topics that we're discussing today. We're going to start with what Don previewed the Miles Murphy commitment uh, on Monday. We're recording on Tuesday morning. Uh, Four star defensive tackle from Dudley committed to UNC, he's the highest ranked recruit. Currently in UNC's 2020 class, we'll go all into that. 
We're going to talk about the Malik Hornsby decommitment from UNC, which happened when I was in Seattle. Uh, obviously, he was the highest ranked guy in UNC's class, decommitted. Being the quarterback position obviously changes some things for UNC. And we'll talk about how we had a you know a big podcast after that that kind of previewed or, or you know inferred that the, the, that was our that first podcast together. Yeah, and we uh, we got a lot of flack for talking a lot about how strong this commitment was. And what, two months later, he decommits. Less mm-hmm. than two months later, he decommits from UNC, leaving Tar Heels with only one quarterback commit in the 2020 class. And then we'll close with the four commitments. I guess only three commitments that, that happened during the last two weeks. Um, Rucker, I don't know, how do you say his first name? Cayman. Cayman Rucker, DJ Jones running back, and Clyde Pinder. Of course, Miles Murphy, which we touched on in the first segment so let's jump right in Miles we have Murphy. a tough we, we also have a top five yeah so a big top five uh breaking down all of unc's defensive tackle targets hopefully some guys sent some submissions and looked at some tape as we did as well so we'll give you those before diving into a new top five for next week and then i go on vacation again uh, i'm going to europe but let's get, yeah, we gotta get them in the summer because once football season and basketball season starts there's no time all right, you were there, Don, at Dudley uh, yesterday at 3 p.m. Miles Murphy committed to UNC over a bunch of offers, South Carolina, Florida, Alabama, among others. Kind of break down the scene for us um, since you were there, and then we'll dive into what that means for UNC and his game and, and South Carolina fans and all that good stuff. All right, with the scene was – Yeah, I mean, what was it? Paint the was, picture for us. I, I, I got you. All right, super, <laughs> super hot. And the reason being is is that the air conditioning at Dudley High School actually broke last week, but nobody knew because nobody was at the school last week until they came to the school this morning. So um, they brought some fans in to try to alleviate the heat, but um, you know it helped a little bit. But y- you guys know how it is. I mean, it's it's summertime in North Carolina, and it's July, which I think it's the hottest month of the year. Um, fans aren't going to help you too much. So yes, it was hot. Everybody's sweaty. Um, you know, pretty, um, pretty mild sort of situation. I mean, Miles isn't a very extravagant guy. He, you know, his his principal spoke, his defensive coordinator spoke because his head coach was uh, had to leave the town for a family emergency situation. Uh, his mom spoke, and I, I really liked a lot of the things that she shared. Uh, his his aunt spoke, and then Miles was pretty quick with it. You know, thanked a couple people and grabbed the hat, put the hat on, and then his uh, his mom and his aunt. Uh, took off their jackets and had UNC shirts on. And, and that was, that was pretty it. You know, there was a lot of media there for him. Um, the South Carolina guys uh, stuck around because uh, yeah, as anybody who's been following it knows, um, they felt very strongly that they were going to get uh, that the South Carolina was going to get him. Um, the interesting thing to me though, is when I go to a, a, a press conference, one of the misnomers is everyone assumes that once I'm going to a press conference, the North, North Carolina is going to get the guy. That's, that's not the case. Uh, I, I only don't go if I know with hundred percent certainty, North Carolina is not going to get him. Uh, but there have definitely been times where I've gone where I didn't know what was going to happen. But anyway, uh, if I go to a, a press conference and a kid does not pick North Carolina, I grab myself as quickly as possible and hightail it out of there, uh, jump in the car and head home. Um, but the South Carolina guys kind of hung, hung around, which I thought was pretty surprising, and, and asked them a bunch of questions and, um, and all that. Miles Murphy was there. Peyton Page was there. All of Dudley's um, – uh, obviously, Miles Murphy's there. Um, 
Michael Wyman is the name I wanted to say. Michael Wyman was there, who's committed to South Carolina. Peyton Page, the five-star defensive tackle, who we've talked about a bunch, was there. All of his teammates. So, yeah, so that's the scene. Um, bunch of bunch of football players, all hot and sweaty, family members, media members, all that. So uh, how many different South Carolina outlets were there? Was Big Spur there? Yes, Big Spur was there. They sent like two people. Um, the Rivals South Carolina site was there. They they sent at least I think it was I think they also sent two people. There was a couple of South Carolina um, newspaper sites. I mean, you know, football, high school football, and college football and football recruiting is just um, it's I don't know I don't know what the word I want to use, but it's it's just a lot more. I don't know. It, it's covered a lot more heavily. Um, and, and, and the, I guess the average person is much more interested in it than, than the average person in North Carolina. So, you know, the newspapers are really, really, really involved in all that sort of stuff. And all those guys stuck around, I guess, if you're going to make that long of a trip, you want to at least get something out of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, if, if it were me, I would have made a post. He didn't pick North Carolina and just got out of there and went home and, and focused on something else. Um, how, how, how far have you driven for a commitment? Uh, announcement that did not go UNC's way. I didn't drive, but I flew. And this Jeez. is, I think this is before your time. Do you remember Arthur Brown? No. All right. So this was back when um, Butch Davis was head coach and um, John Blake, who's an infamous name that we probably shouldn't be speaking of, um, was recruiting Ar- Arthur Brown, who was uh, the top player in the nation at that time. He was a linebacker out of Wichita, Kansas. Okay. So this was going to be a big deal if North Carolina would, would have um, landed him. Um, but he ended up committing to Miami. And uh, so I spent, because of the whole fly, the flight situation and everything, I think I came a couple days earlier. Um, there's also some snow that we were trying to avoid. Um, and I was going to, my initial plan was to stay the next full day after the announcement. And then fly out the day after that but once uh, be, the reason why was that i was going to do a we had to set up to where i do a, like a full video video feature and interviews with all these you know family members coaches all that sort of stuff get as much bang for a buck but um as soon as he picked miami um i just got my stuff got back to my hotel as quickly as possible start calling the uh, air airport to try to see if i can uh, get my flight moved up i was able to and um and yeah, so um, so yeah, so that's the furthest. I don't know how driving distance it was, but it was uh, it was definitely far. Jeez, and I remember going to um, Zamir White's recruitment, but I actually covered that for twenty four seven Sports. So I did stuff there for the Georgia site. Um, good stuff. Um, so it seemed like you know he was leaning towards South Carolina, and a big reason why the South Carolina uh, media was there. What do you think? kind of changed his mind. I know he wrote about, wrote about it and, and he spoke about it in the interviews, but can you kind of, uh, uh, kind of put that together for us about why? Yeah. So, so for, just kind of putting all the pieces of the puzzle together and talking to the South Carolina guys who those guys, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of it, but, but, um, the, um, you know, it's easy to kind of blame those guys for being homers or this and that. Um, but those guys really worked their butts off and it could have easily been, I could have easily been the one that been wrong with this whole situation. But for what, talking to those guys, talking to my sources, talking to Miles Murphy, talking to his mom, talking to his coaches, all that sort of stuff. It seemed like, um, 
South Carolina was the school for probably uh, probably six months, to be honest with you, was was the leader, was set to commit and all that sort of stuff. And then basically committed to South Carolina during his official visit. And for those um, who don't know the way that his official visit was, he took his first official visit was to South Carolina in it was May 31st, but basically it was in June. And then he took official visits consecutively to Florida, uh, Alabama, and then North Carolina got the last one. Coming out of his South Carolina official visit, which was the one that he nearly or basically committed to South Carolina, he actually told everybody around that that he was only going to take a couple more official visits and North Carolina was not going to be one of them. Um, and I don't it, people I'm sure remember now that uh, there was a lot of, um, I guess, blowback from that with fans getting UNC fans getting pretty irate that he wasn't going to take that official visit. Now credit guys like Lonnie Galloway um, and Tim Cross and, and Jay Bateman for really kind of um, getting involved and, talking him into taking that that official visit to North Carolina because with obviously without it he doesn't end up a Tar Heel and so what ended up happening was and I think really also what helped was the fact that he went to I believe it was Florida was the next weekend and he went there and, he, and um, he was like wow okay all official visits are are this awesome because I think some of his feelings I mean obviously he liked South Carolina but you take when you take your first official visit you're like holy crap this is this is awesome. I mean, I'm eating all the time. I'm getting the red carpet treatment. We're going out on parties. We're doing all this crazy stuff. It's freaking awesome. And then when you go and you think on your first official visit that it's just that school. But then when you go to the next one, you're like, oh, this is how it is at all these official visits. So I think that kind of helped him realize, okay, I need to take all my official visits before I make a decision. So then he goes and takes his official visit to North Carolina and that's where that's where the, the the flip basically happened, and that's where he essentially said, "Okay, North Carolina is where I want to be. This is this is this is where I feel comfortable." He also connected with a lot of the uh, the other uh, the other commits at North Carolina with the coaches. Uh, he spoke a lot about his relationship with the coaches, and so um, now even though he basically in his mind was like, "Okay, North Carolina is where I want to be." He didn't officially, officially make the decision until the night before the announcement, which is what he talks about in, in the Q&A that we posted. Yeah, tons of great premium, premium content on Inside Carolina right now. He mentioned uh, Clyde Pender as a big influence in his recruitment. Obviously, being an hour away from school had to have an impact. Um, is there anything else that you gleaned from interviews as to – you know, what made UNC kind of pull ahead in what seems like almost a last minute kind of up to the wire decision? Because it seems like he was kind of all in and, and maybe even had been a silent commit to South Carolina. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think um, I, I think is I wouldn't argue with anyone if, if they told me that he he had committed to South Carolina and said, hey, don't put this out publicly, but I want to continue to take my visits. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, but uh, yeah, I think guys like like Pinder and some of the other commits really played a major role in helping kind of put this on the tracks. I don't think he was getting the same sort of attention from South Carolina's commits, other than maybe Michael Wyman. But even with Michael Wyman, super nice kid, very personable. But he's not the type that's going to continually pressure you, you know. Um, and, and but um, 
and, and at some point, you know, you're, he's one of your your friends, so you kind of just kind of lay off a little bit and kind of let him do his own thing, you know. But the one thing I do want to mention about our coverage is that for those who weren't on Inside Carolina yesterday, we had a live stream up for um for the entire announcement. So uh, I mean, that's something that it's going to depend on just the environment that we're walking into. But doing the live live stream is something that we want to do for for every um every live announcement that, that we're covering. But again, there are circumstances and variables out of our control that are going to dictate whether we do that or not. So I don't want to guarantee that, but th- definitely something that, to look forward to in the future. Um, and we're never going to announce it ahead of time just because we don't know the situation. I mean, even with, with, the, with the situation at Dudley, you know, we were told there's internet there, it works really well, and then we get there and they couldn't get me on the internet initially um so luckily i don't know who it was someone there in, in administration they they opened up or a hot spot or, or something that worked really really well but i mean if that guy wasn't there then we we wouldn't have had a live stream so that's a situation that we're kind of dealing with with, with this with high schools and you, you get the word about dead dead spots and, and all that sort of stuff so so yeah definitely something to look forward to but it, we won't guarantee it for uh for every single one Good stuff. Hotspots are key. I've written many an article and, and worked and posted stuff on uh, Twitter and Facebook from a hotspots and all across the United States. Um, okay, finally, to wrap up this Miles Murphy talk, tell us what UNC is getting with this guy, uh, what he brings, and what you, how you see him fitting into UNC's defense as a player. Well, I think he's he'll play that four eye position. I don't think I know that he's losing can you, weight. Can you explain that four eye spot? Okay, so with the the three down linemen, you obviously you have the uh, you have the nose tackle, which I think most most people who follow football understand that the guy who's head up on the center, and then you have the two ends who are basically kind of hybrid ends slash defensive uh, tackles. If you're kind of comparing them to like a four three, which I think most people are more more familiar with, and those guys are with a four eye in, in Bateman's defense, and he doesn't just use a four eye; he uses some um, uh, some threes and he uses also some um, just regular fours and, and even even some twos. But anyway, on the four eye lines up over the tackle, but on the inside shoulder of of the of the tackles, and there are two of them on each side. So those are guys who really, I guess, the, the to put it in the simplest terms, are kind of hybrid tackles slash ends. Uh, and he fits this perfectly because you know you I guess the strong side end is probably the best way to put it. You know he has the power to to um, hold up against the the run, but also he he has some pass rush ability and explosive explosiveness to get into the backfield on, on passing downs. So that's where that's where he fits. Um, and, and I basically kind of gave a description of of, of I guess his evaluation. Uh, but um, you know he's a guy that. You know, for those who followed my um, top 50 in state, I, I ranked him seventh overall. But uh, I, just purely on film, I could have easily put him th- at third or maybe even higher than that. But the reason why I was so hesitant was because a lot of the off-the-field stuff I was a little bit worried about. But after talking to to Dudley's coaches yesterday, I feel a lot more comfortable. We actually posted a story today that, that goes in-depth in about, about some of those um, off-the-field concerns and just how um, how he's on track with, with those situations. And um, 
So I'm a lot more comfortable, and I probably, if I were to do my top 50 now, he definitely would be higher than than seventh. Probably, he probably would be number three, at least number four in, in my top 50 in North Carolina. And so he is. He played three years at Southwest Guilford before transferring to Dudley. Yeah, well, he was a student at Southwest for three years. He didn't play. I believe it was his freshman year okay. because of some um, some disciplinary um, issues. But uh, but yeah, so he played those two years, and then he transferred to Dudley this off season because of the academic situation and some. And and then also Southwest changed coaches, and um, and he really kind of needed. He he really needed a situation like Dudley, where Coach uh, Stephen Davis, for those who know him, um, I mean, he does an unbelievable job of of being basically an extra father to a lot of those kids, keeping those kids in line, doesn't take any crap from any of them, um, make sure that they stay out of trouble, that they're always busy with football stuff, does a really good job. And that's what Miles needs, someone who's going to stay on his ass, make sure he's doing the stuff he needs to do in the classroom and off the field. And, uh, and, and Miles is not a bad kid. I don't want to say that at all. I think that he just needed, he needed someone to kind of be like, all right, yes, you're a really good player. But at Dudley, really good players don't play if they don't do what they need to do. Other schools, when you have a player like this, you play regardless of, of what you do off the field just because you're so good the team does not win without you. At Dudley, Dudley will win without Miles Murphy. Now, Miles Murphy might make the difference in – in uh, making the semifinals or making, you know, winning a championship at Dudley, but Dudley will win without Miles Murphy. And uh, yeah, Dudley and East Greensboro, definitely a school that has a lot of football talent over the, over the years and basketball talent, especially for UNC. Do you remember the last Dudley player that committed to UNC? Ooh, last Dudley player committed to UNC. That's a good question. They have so many players in North Carolina's recruited. You were um, there. I was there for the commitment. Oh, DJ Crossan. You know what? You know what's happened to him since? Uh, yeah, I don't know if we should go into detail about what has yeah. happened to him since. Well, he, he flipped to Virginia Tech and ended up in the transfer portal portal for reasons that, uh, if you want to get into, it, I'll let you get into it. Yeah, I mean it's it's just public news. He got uh, arrested for uh, releasing a video, uh, a sex video of a woman without her permission. It was revenge sex, what right? I don't know about that. I just know he's going to be served some jail time. All right, that's our uh, DJ Crossan segment for the day. Uh, anything else on Miles Murphy before we wrap this part of the podcast up? No, I think we've talked a lot about Miles Murphy. Yeah, great, great, great for UNC. I tweeted out shortly after you committed. I mean, this is a Greensboro kid. Uh, UNC needs to get the best players out of Greensboro, the number five player in the state, number 117th player in the nation, four star guy. Is probably one of the top players in UNC's 2020 class. Um, so UNC will certainly, I mean, it's going to be hard to keep him as well. I mean, I think he's a guy that schools will keep recruiting, especially South Carolina. Um, but certainly a big get for the Tar Heels. We're now going to uh, talk about our sponsor, Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They are your spot for all your Tar Heel apparel needs. They're on Franklin Street and online. It's been a Chapel Hill tradition for over 35 years. They're locally owned and alumni owned. They focus only on UNC. They're the best customer service. It's a great place to visit on game days or anytime you're in Chapel Hill. Remember that all Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off using the code available on our premium message boards. Um, you know, any holidays coming up, uh, getting ready for the season, football and basketball, stop at giantteaser.com and get your stuff there. I mean, when you support them, you're supporting us and it allows us to do these podcasts, provide you with great content. 
like we do. So check out giantteacher.com right on Franklin Street and giantteacher.com online. All right, next up is the Malik Hornsberry decommitment, Don. Uh, that happened, I guess, two weeks ago. I was in Seattle. Uh, you had the article up right when it happened. We somewhat predicted this uh, when he committed. It just seemed, you know, a, a, such a talented guy from Texas. Um, obviously, there are going to be other suitors. What insight do you have as to why he decommitted? I think that's maybe a question a lot of people have. I, I don't really have a whole lot, to be honest. And a lot of that is just because he's such a quiet kid who doesn't really – say a whole lot. He doesn't make himself available for very many interviews. Um, anytime I interviewed him, it, it took um, a work of God to help me to get him. Um, fortunately, things always worked out for me to actually get him. But uh, you know, once a kid commits, or once a kid decommits, I kind of just let it go. He decommitted, we reported it, and kind of move on. But I mean, obviously, I mean, we talked about this in, in our very first podcast, where you know, the two items that make a kid difficult to kind of hold on to, a commitment to hold on to, is one, their proximity from North Carolina. That wasn't working in North Carolina's favor. He's in Texas. Okay. So, which meant that um, official visits is the only way you can guarantee to get him on campus because it's going to be difficult otherwise. He ended up making another visit because his uh, track team was in Greensboro uh, for, a, uh, for a track meet, a, a national track meet. Um, and that worked out for North Carolina, got him on campus twice because of that. But um, that doesn't normally happen. Usually someone has to pay, you know, fork out a lot of money for flying and everything like that. The other item is, you know, how high is that recruit rated? How coveted is he? And Hornsby was, you know, definitely uh, he, you know, Florida State is a school that really likes him. Um, he's flirted a little bit with Texas A&M, although Texas A&M, I think, is kind of moving on. Um, to uh, to another quarterback, uh, there's a bunch of other schools um, who are, who have been really interested in, in in him and and aren't going to stop recruiting him just because he's committed to North Carolina. Um, and so you had those two items working against UNC, and also I I just uh, you know I felt like he always liked North Carolina. Well, I felt like he always liked Tim Brewster, yeah. and it's really difficult to if you're that far away to commit to an assistant coach. I don't know what Tim Brewster's future holds, but you know, if you just look at assistant coaches track records in general, I mean, they, I think it's on average, they end up staying someplace two years. I mean that, so you can't commit to a school because of an an assistant coach. So um, I just never felt like he was all in on North Carolina at all. Yeah. And I thought it was odd. You you mentioned that he visited UNC twice because of that track meet. I mean, obviously that shows interest. You're going to go out of your way when you're in the state to come to UNC twice. And then a week two later, he decommitted. Um, I think UNC is still in a good spot with Jacoby Criswell. I know you really like Criswell. Do you, is UNC going to stick with just one quarterback commitment for this class? Yeah. Yeah. And one other thing I've, um, I, I failed to mention, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I think North Carolina's going to stick with just one quarterback for this class, but um, I don't think it's a coincidence that his close friend, his track teammate, his football teammate, uh, Devon um, Chang, officially visited North Carolina the weekend prior to Hornsby's decommitment. I just don't think that's a coincidence. I almost, I, I, so part of me kind of is like, all right, yeah, it, I'm, I'm kind of curious on why, you know, that, that timing. Um, but uh, part of me is like, I have another, uh, plenty of other things to kind of worry about. But I, I just don't think that timing is, is, uh, is just a pure coincidence. 
So they're not gonna they're gonna they're gonna not gonna go after anybody else. Quarterback, quarterback wise? Yeah. I don't I don't expect it. I mean, you know, if all of a sudden North Carolina has like three quarterbacks, you know, transfer yeah. um you know in, in December, then then things change. But um as of right now, the way things sit right now, I I don't anticipate North Carolina taking another quarterback. I mean, I think that um they took they took uh Cresswell with the idea that that uh Hornsby was not a lock to stay as part of that class. For sure. And um you have three freshmen on the roster right now, two redshirt freshmen, one true freshman. You're bringing another one to you have four on the roster for the 2020 season if everybody stays. And that's kind of what you want. Um so take another one in, in 2021. Um, all right, great. Anything else on the decommitment with um, with Willie Cornsby? No, I'm sure we're just going to get a lot more heat for the longer that we talk about this. Yeah. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back and talk about the other commitments to UNC. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Hip hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with. They're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. All right, we are back to wrap up this podcast. We have the top five coming up soon. But first, we want to talk about the other commitments that happened the last two weeks. We already talked about Miles Murphy in depth. But we also, UNC also had um, Rucker commit. Say his first name again. Cayman. Like the Cayman Cayman. Islands. Cayman Cayman Islands. Rucker out of uh, Georgia, I believe. Let's see here. Yes. Yeah, Georgia. Georgia. He's a um, ranked as a defensive end, 6'1", 243. Uh, Not super highly ranked, a number 81 strong side defensive end out of Georgia. Uh, The other guy, DJ Jones, running back, and Kyle Pender. Uh, defensive tackle out of Florida, uh, pretty big commit, number 38 defensive tackle, number 66 player in Florida. Let's start. We'll go briefly through these. Start with Kamen Rucker. Uh, what can you tell us about him as a player, Don, and what he brings to this class? We'll, we'll kind well, of breeze through these. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an explosive guy. A lot of people initially uh, looked at him as a defensive lineman, um, and that's what I think he's listed as on, on most of the recruiting websites. And that's actually where he worked out at North Carolina for the most part, when he came to the the uh, Showtime camp, uh, UNC wants to use him as a linebacker, though. Um, and really, the Showtime camp was kind of um, his chance to prove he 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 deserved a North Carolina offer, and that's exactly what he did. He received the offer um, at the Showtime camp, and then um, I think it was it was definitely less than a week, probably like five days later, after speaking with his parents for a few days, um, he committed to North Carolina. Good stuff. I watched his tape. We'll get to this more, but pretty impressive guy. And you think someone who could potentially move into the linebacker spot? 
Yeah, I mean, that's what North Carolina wants out of him. And, and I think really, uh, if you look at his, his scholarship offer list, it's not all that impressive. And I think some of that is that a lot of schools looked at him and, and they felt like he was a tweener because he's listed as 6'1 and 243 pounds. So, but he played um, defensive line and was always coming off the line, you know, coming off that edge. And, but North Carolina looks at him and says, okay, he's not a tweener to us. He's, he's a linebacker. He's exactly what we want within the defense, which is, as we talked about a bunch, you know, and as um, uh, Jason's been doing with his video analysis pieces, um, just how you're the versatile pieces within Jay Bateman's defense and Rucker kind of fits that perfectly. And I think um, Bateman will definitely be able to take advantage of, of his skill set because he has tons of skills. He's super explosive, um, you know, a reliable tackler. It's just you look at the six one, and you're like, all right, well, he's not a defensive end. Um, and he doesn't have a whole lot of experience dropping into coverage, and you know, he's is he fast enough for linebacker? But Jay Bateman will, will figure out how to use that weapon. Good stuff. Next guy is DJ Jones, running back out of Fayetteville Pine Forest High School, 5'11, 190, ranked as the number 40 running back in the nation, number 15 player in North Carolina. He is UNC's second running back commitment for the 2020 class, joining Elijah Burris who I think was the first commitment in this class out of yes. uh, Mount Holly, North Carolina. What can you tell us about DJ Jones, in-state guy who pulled the trigger for UNC? Well, I love DJ Jones. I, I ranked him in the top 50 of North Carolina at, at number 11, and I really kind of struggled. I, I wanted to put him in the top 10, probably could have put him at 10 over, over Kendall Carr, to be honest with you. But, uh, I mean, he's a you know, a, just a multifaceted running back just can do so many different things. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside. You can throw him the ball. He's a you know well put together kid can take the abuse. He's definitely a guy who, um, you know, he's a, he's a, a three down running back for sure. He could do so many different things with him. Um, you know, I think there's a reason why a couple of big 10 schools, including Michigan really liked him. You know, uh, I, I when in my mind, I know everyone's different. In my mind, when I think of, of a uh, good running back producing conference, I think of the big 10 just because, you know, the, I guess the, the um, three cars. Yeah. Wisconsin three, three, um, three yards in a cloud of dust sort of mentality. You know, Michigan is definitely, you know, pretty good with, with the running backs. Um, so when schools like that are looking at, at a kid, uh, at a running back, I always feel a little bit more comfortable with with uh, a positive evaluation of him, and and that's DJ Jones. I mean, he's he could do so many different things. I, I think he's very underrated, to be honest. Now, do you think was he a take at that moment from Michigan? From everything that that I have gathered, and I'm, I'll be the first to admit, I don't have the greatest Michigan contacts, just because that's not a school that North Carolina uh, recruits against very often. But from what I was told was that he was definitely a take, but there were other running backs ahead of him. Now, what that usually means is that when he went on his official visit, they, they weren't pressuring him to commit and they weren't, um, they weren't, you know, their goal probably wasn't to come out of the weekend with his commitment. Now, if he would have attempted to commit, they probably would have took it. But I think North Carolina was definitely applying much more pressure on him than, uh, than Michigan. Great. And I, what do you think about Elijah Burris as a player? Um, obviously, he committed with the previous class, and they've made, they've respected that commitment. What's your analysis of him as a player? You know, I, I kind of struggle with him, to be honest, when, I, when I'm looking at him. Now, um, 
you know, he, he definitely is very, very, very productive. Uh, but the coach over there, Coach Robert Washington, who I've known for a very long time, um, great guy, he does a really good job with his with his running backs and putting his running backs in, in the best situation possible to um, – to really kind of pile up the yards and um, you know, and it's not just a, a, you know, giving them the ball 50 times a game. Um, he just is really good with, with scheme and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So his running backs have always put up the numbers and, and Burris really has taken it to another level to be completely honest. You know, the competition he's playing against isn't very good. So it's, so that makes it also kind of difficult to evaluate him. He doesn't test very well. I, I was at the uh, Shrine Bowl combine he was at and his numbers weren't, all that impressive. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, like I said, he's very productive. And um, I was really impressed with him at the Showtime camp with his ability to catch the ball, uh, you know, and, and his also his ability to create separation from linebackers. So I like that. I, I want to see more from, from um, Elijah, for sure. Um, I'm not all that high on him, but I do want to see more. I, I am open-minded to kind of um, see what he can do his senior season. And I, you know, I would love to see him in different sort of environments. I would love to have seen him at, at, at like a Nike camp or, or something like that, but he didn't. He chose not to participate. Um, I hope he makes this the, the Shrine Bowl because that would be a great opportunity to kind of evaluate him against players of similar talent. There you have it. And the last one, Clyde Pender. Love the name Clyde. It's just an old school name. You don't you don't see that. You're going to name your first child Clyde. You told me. <laughs> it's just a. I feel like it's a name from the 1920s. Uh, Clyde Pender out of Florida, Sefner, Florida, Armwood High School, ranked as number 38 defensive tackle, number 66 player in the Sunshine State, and the number 426 player in the nation. Uh, pretty big commitment. It's a guy's six foot and a half, 303 pounds already, a big, big guy. I don't think putting on weight's going to be an issue for him. What is UNC getting with uh, Clyde Pender? Well, I, he's a he's he's not the biggest guy, as you mentioned. He's kind of like your, your traditional sort of nose guard guy, who's just this uh, like kind of like a just a powerful bowling ball. Just um, I mean, he's so explosive, but he's you know he's a tiny guy, but he's wide bodied uh, or short guy, I should say. You're saying but, tiny, yeah. He's he's only six foot, but he's three hundred three pounds. He's a yes, big dude. So he's he's almost as Stop. as what. Yes, stocky, but he's almost as tall as he is, or he's almost as wide as he is tall. So, uh, but he's explosive, you know. Uh, and and the, the weird thing is, is that you know he has these, um, his legs aren't like huge, like his thighs are, but but his legs aren't huge. But, so it moves around really, really well for for that size. I mean, he, you know, if you didn't know how much he weighed, you would think he weighed less just because of his his movement. But he's you know very nimble, uh, very explosive. He's he's actually really good against the uh, the the the, uh, the pass. Uh, gets to the quarterback very quickly. He has a quick first step. Very good against the run. Also, we'll talk a lot about this more when we do our top five ranking, um, or I will, I guess. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's a guy that I really like, and I think really that you know he's listed at what six foot. He probably is a little bit shorter than that. Um, and uh, but I but he has a ton of ability, and I think just the size kind of scared a lot of schools away. And yeah, I mean, he's been recruiting heavy for UNC. Uh, you're kind of seeing a uptick in communication and tweets from all these commitments as this class comes together. Uh, Pinder had offers across the board, uh, Virginia Tech, Penn State, Nebraska, Minnesota, Louisville, Iowa State, Illinois. So definitely some power five offers along with uh, a bunch of 
non-Power 5, Pittsburgh, Arizona State. So I, I think watching this tape, we'll talk about more, but uh, a good pickup. And, you know, anytime you can get these big defensive tackles, you take them. Do you know how many more uh, – this kind of leads into our top five – how many more defensive tackles – defensive linemen, sorry, that UNC will take? Well, right now, if my calculations are correct, with UNC what has four? Am I right on that? Um, one, two, three. Yes, four. Four, four. with 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 Murphy is four. Five with Murphy. No, Rucker is a linebacker. Okay, so you're counting Rutgers, and you're counting Beatty yeah. as a defensive end, Rutgers linebacker. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So four. So I I think we're looking at probably like two more spots to be honest, and and um, and, and that's that's a lot. And I I don't think the staff wanted to go that high with the defensive lineman, but. With the guys you have left, you you have to you have to have room for Desmond Evans. You have to have room for Kedrick uh, uh, Bigley Jones. You have to have room for some of these other guys. Yeah, Tonka Hemingway, Joe Moore, Braden Swenson, Jacoby Cohen. All those guys are kind of on the target list here. Uh, who knows? Yeah, a lot of those a lot of those guys you mentioned are four stars. And UNC, yeah. I can tell you, people think I'm crazy on the message board, but UNC <laughs> is going to pass up on some four stars. Because wow. they just don't have the room. Uh, I said it before. You gotta take as many defensive tackles. I mean, in linemen, because they always seem a couple always seem to never pan out. They they won't make it. Uh, won't even make it to campus, or after a year or two, they transfer, or something happens academically where they they don't make it in. So God, you gotta load up on those guys because it's so hard to find guys who can move who are six four uh, and you know two fifty and plus. But I that I, lead- agree. I agree. Six. We're talking about six now. Yeah, six is a a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, Before we get into our top five, which looks at the defensive linemen and ranks them, uh, I wanted to. We we talked about this before the before we recorded. You were catching a lot of heat on the South Carolina message boards for your analysis. I guess your um, predictions for Miles Murphy. Uh, Do you want to have anything to say to the haters over there at the Big Spur? (laughs) You know, I um, doubting you all the whole time because you kind of predicted him there in in a couple scoops, right? Yes, I predicted him long before anybody else did. Not, not to. I guess I am. I I guess I am tooting my own horn. Um, but uh, I don't think I'm going to say a whole lot. I, I did, I did have some thoughts and some plans on on a a tweet that I was going to send out last night. Um. But uh, I thought better of it just because I, th- I feel like my fear is if I, if I were to put something like that out, it would make the guys at, at the Big Spur go, you know, look bad. Um, and and even, you know, and I, I know those guys over there um, and those guys do an unbelievable job. And and even the, the guys at um, at the rival site on, on uh, the South Carolina rival site, I mean, they, they do a really good job. And I, and I don't want to. Um, make them look bad. I feel like anything I post will, will shine bad light on them. But uh, the thing that I guess drove me nuts a little bit was just some of these South Carolina fans acted like I just started covering recruiting like last week. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, and I don't want to be boastful or anything, but I've been doing this for 15 freaking years, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and it was just some of the, and I don't, I, I obviously I go on, those boards to kind of I don't read the posters I read what um you know those guys over there like Tony are reporting to kind of just see what, what they're and I talked to Tony on the phone and everything like that but um I also want to kind of see what what he's kind of putting out there um 
but I was getting a whole lot of um, messages from people sending me, oh, look at this. And there, I think there was a, there, there was, well, there definitely was a thread on Inside Carolina that had a lot of um, copy and paste from um, some of the poster on there and, and things that they were saying and ripping me and everything. I mean, to be honest, I, I like, I like to be ripped because I, I think there's, there, if, if you think about it, I mean, people don't make fun of people who don't matter to them, you know? So, um, so I like it in that aspect. I just was kind of stunned by some of the people who like just literally acted like I haven't been doing this a long time, you know? Yeah. So yeah. what was your take? I mean, you, you know me, Ross, and you know how some of these fans can be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't want to message board. People are crazy. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, they pay our bills, but you just go on any message board and it's just a, um, like you can say whatever you want with, with no repercussions. When we post on there, you know, it's our full name. Yes. And we're kind of representing a company, so we have to be careful. But people go on there and say and believe what they want to believe. And it's this message board. It's a interesting subculture of America and American sports. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that uh, South Carolina was in a really good spot for Miles Murphy. And they thought they were going to get him. And so they didn't want to believe what you were posting. And... um and I think obviously they were in it. I think the staff was telling the insiders there that they were in a good spot as well. So there was dispute, uh, different conflicting reports. And I think Miles was probably telling positive things to both sides. And so one side ended up disappointed. Yeah. And uh, I, like I said, I, I had a lot of conversations with Tony and Hale over at uh, the Big Spur and we compared notes and everything like that. And, and it was everything. There was no. There was definitely no like animosity whatsoever. Um, Tony's like, man, he's you know, this is what you're hearing. He's like, that completely contradicts what we're yeah. hearing. So I mean, there was definitely some doubt in my mind. But really, the the probably, I don't know, like maybe like a few days before the announcement, that I got some word from people close to Dudley High School. And a lot of people close to Dudley High School that that it's it's North Carolina, and that's when I felt super confident. Um, North Carolina has felt confident for for a very long time, probably two months to be completely honest. Um, even though they've really it didn't the tide didn't start to turn until um, until that official visit. So it's just it's just interesting with all this this background stuff for sure. Okay, give you a little a little spot there to get on your soapbox. Love it. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm, glad gonna... I'm glad it's towards the end of the podcast so that um, hopefully uh, only half of the <laughs> listeners hear it. That's right. All right. So I'm going to top five here quickly. We wanted to rank – we wanted you, the listeners, to rank your top five defensive linemen targets for the 2020 class. UNC already has commitments from A.J. Beatty, Sean Martin, now Miles Murphy, Clyde Pinder. And I – since you since 24-7 Sports – has um, Rucker as a defensive end? I, I ranked him as well, but yeah, it's fine. Either way, so let's uh, let's go ahead and read some of the submissions. Let's let you. We'll do two each, Don. Um, go ahead and read your first one, and then I'll go. All right, I am going to go with since there's only six. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, John from Charleston, who always he sees like clockwork here. Number one, Des Evans. Number two, Miles Murphy. Number three, Kedrick Bigley Jones. Number four, Antoine Powell, and a tie at number five with uh, Tonka Hemingway and Clyde Pender. Okay, cool. I'll go Paul from Morganton. 
Uh, he has Des Evans one, so game changer and in-state leading prospect. Two, Miles Murphy, top in-state prospect, could be big time. Three, Kendrick Beagley Jones, in-state star from a target area. Four, Jacoby Cohen, in-state star from target school. And five, Joe Moore, a high-ranked kid that's a UNC target. All right, I'm going to go with another regular who submits every single week, it seems like, is Dale from Waxhall. Number one, Des Evans. Number two, Miles Murphy. Number three, Joe Moore. Number four, Kedrick Bigley-Jones. And number five, A.J. Beatty. Okay, I'll go Garrett from Ocean Isle Beach. He I was has... hoping you were going to do the one below Garrett. Okay, Lock? Is... Yeah. Okay, I'll do <laughs> from... him. So- sorry, Garrett. Um, from from, from parts, oh, just read Garrett. Do both of them. Then. I'll do Garrett and I'll do the other guy. All, All right, right, Garrett has Evans one, Murphy two, Powell three, um, Kedrick Bigley Bingley Jones four, and Martin five. Um, and then the guy below him, Locke from Parts Unknown. He's from Greensboro, though. <laughs> he says Is he? Parts Unknown. How do yeah, you know he's from Greensboro? Well, from his second answer, he says I'm from Greensboro. Oh, I See didn't read that. I, I, yeah, I didn't even read that. Well, so he, I put parts on, you know, he, he, oh, said, okay. he said it in and I said, hey, where are you from? And he never responded to me. So that's why I that's just put parts on him. Lock, number one. It sounds Des mysterious, Evans. doesn't it? Yeah, like Lock, that's monster. Yeah, from parts unknown. All right, number one, Des Evans, uh, North Carolina kid, ceiling is a roof on potential. Two, Miles Murphy. I'm from Greensboro, so I'll give him the slight edge over other talented players. Uh, three, Tonka Hemingway. Feel like we need to sign someone who can play nose guard. Not sure others on our recruiting board board can do so. Four, Sean Martin, raw physical skills, lots of potential. Five, uh, came in came in Rucker. Seems very twitchy. Looks like someone who can play the hybrid defensive end linebacker role. Great analysis there from Locke. Okay, let's dive in. Um, I'll start. And I mean, you're the you're the analysis guy. I, I spent two weeks watching tape, um, pulling up different um huddle highlights and one thing i noticed was all the um yeah every ad before the huddle highlights was like anti-vaping ads and they're it was bizarre everyone i guess they're trying to get to the youth of america with that but so if you want to watch the highlights i would just uh go to huddle or go to the 24 7 sports profile page you can watch them there sometimes huddle is a little bit easier of course we want you to visit 24 7 well miles murphy Miles Murphy didn't have a huddle. You had to yeah. go you YouTube. You had to YouTube him. And there's another Miles Murphy 2020 yeah. defensive tackle named Miles Murphy. He's committed to Clemson, right? Yeah, and he's a four-star also. Yeah, things yeah, got confusing so for a while there. Yep. Make sure it's you're getting the right uh, Miles Murphy there. Okay, my number five guy is Tonka Hemingway. Big guy, like one of our listeners said. I think he can play the inside defensive tackle position. Uh, has that twitch. And I liked his tape, his ability to chase the ball. And uh, and really clog the holes there on the, on the run game. All right, so my top four I feel like is solid, and then my five, my, my fifth guy, it was, it was so difficult. Um, I mean, I like Sean Moore. I'm sorry, I like Sean Martin, uh, Jacoby Cowan, Joe Moore, but I went with Clyde Pinder. I talked a lot about him earlier. You know, um, you know, stocky guy, as Ross likes to put it. Uh, but uh, just uh, you know, a lot of energy. A lot of uh, explosiveness, um, great personality, um, just uh, you know, definitely, definitely a playmaker. Um, you know, definitely a guy you could underestimate. Good stuff. My number four is Cayman Rucker. 
Uh, Don thinks he, he might end up being a linebacker with the staff wants to play him as, but his explosiveness, explosiveness off the edge was incredible. It stood out on tape. You're watching these guys' best highlights. You're seeing the, the best moments of their games. But, you know, really quick, really fast, I think he could play that hybrid position and be a linebacker, but definitely come down onto the line and be a stand-up player. Uh, his highlight stood out to me. So came in Rucker at number four. All right, I didn't include Rucker just because of the linebacker thing, and I did last week, I mean, I'm sorry, last podcast, I did mention him as the D-lineman. So if people who ranked him, including Ross, that, that, you know, that's fine. I just didn't want to include him. But so my number four was Kedrick Bingley Jones. Uh, you know, great size, good at work ethic. Um, very similar to Miles Murphy in that I think he's a guy who plays defensive end now, but probably would move inside on a, on a um, in a in a four three. But North Carolina will play that four eye position strong against the the um, uh, the run, but also um, a guy who's going to make a lot of a lot of sacks on passing downs. Yeah, I did not have KBJ in my uh, top five. He, he didn't. His tape didn't stand out to me, um, but he was right outside for me. All right, number three, Sean Martin. Uh, I hadn't watched his tape before I, I started doing this list, and you know he's super long. He kind of had kind of reminded me a little bit of Des Evans. You know, really long guy. He's going to be an edge rusher. Get some weight on him. Um, you know, he's quick. He's fast. He can chase down the ball carrier. And just as a pass rusher, you know, he kind of has everything you need from a raw physicality standpoint. All right. My number three is a guy that I, I love his film. And I know he, he has since committed to Florida. But Antoine Powell, I mean, I just love his his burst, the way he uses his hands. His flexibility is unbelievable, especially when he comes, you know, he runs that arc and his ability to kind of just avoid the, the offensive lineman. I mean, I just love him. Mean, he's a guy who I think is going to do unbelievable things at Florida. Good stuff. I mean, is he really a UNC target still? Well, we listed him uh, yeah. last week, but uh, when I was doing these rankings, I considered him. And I mean, and I just really loved his film so much. But he was a UNC target up until I think a week ago. True, true, true. Okay, uh, number two for me, I have Clyde Pender. Uh, I love this tape. Huge guy, really disrupts things in the middle. He can play that nose tackle position, but like you mentioned earlier, you know, really quick feet. Um, explosive off the snap. Uh, and I think he has great potential uh, in that position there. It reminds me kind of what Aaron Crawford can do and will do this season. All right. My number two is Miles Murphy. We talked about him ad nauseum earlier in the podcast, so I won't go any longer than that. Number two, Miles Murphy. Great. I don't have Miles Murphy in my top five. He didn't stand out to me on tape. First of all, it's kind of hard to find his tape. So that, yeah. knocked him down, that knocked him down a few points. And, you know, he played Southwest for two years, and so you haven't seen him in the, in the playing for Dudley. So I'm interested to see what he can do playing for the Dudley Panthers. All right, number one, Des Evans. Um, you know, I actually hadn't really watched much of his tape uh, as recruiting isn't my main job. But he, you know, quick, fast, super long, athletic, good bend, good flexibility. I watched one tape. It was one-on-ones at a camp, and he was – talking a lot of junk and then getting in a fight with an offensive ta- offensive lineman. So you like to see that little aggression there. He always wears that hooded sweatshirt too. Um, but Des Evans is my number one guy. My number <laughs> one guy is... Des Evans. And I think the uh, that jacket just 
kind of says it all. I mean, you have to be a pretty badass to uh, wear that jacket and that hoodie and come into a camp setting and, and uh, do what you do. You know, he, um, he has all the tools. I mean, everything you imagine, length, speed, explosiveness, athleticism, agility, I mean, everything you want in a defensive end, he has it. He's slowly starting to put it all together. He really has. I mean, he's one of those interesting uh, recruits uh, that uh, we have known about him since his freshman year. So we've been able to watch him progress, and it's been uh, uh, it's been it's been pretty impressive because he's filled out. You know, first he was a skinny long, athletic, um, awkward guy, but he's really kind of uh, filled out and developed some coordination. Um, you can see some flashes of his potential in, in his play and his ability to get to the quarterback, his ability to um, uh, pursue the backside, his ability to um, to tackle running backs, to ward off blockers, all that sort of stuff. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I think everybody had him number one, so it's not, not a huge surprise. What's our next top five because we haven't introduced that have we yeah for sure um for next week the top five we decided we're gonna do a more of a fun one uh we're gonna do the your top five summer activities and i think we'll get a a lot of different answers for this i think with some of these football-based ones we get a lot of repeats but i'm interested to see our listenership the top five summer activities and you can take us anywhere you want um i guess there's there's limitless possibilities for things you and your family and you like to do in the summer. Yes. And please, we need more submissions. I I knew that this was going to be a down submission um, week because of uh, the fact that there was, you know, two weeks in between our podcasts and a lot of people going on holidays and you have our vacation. And then there's the 4th of July holiday and everything like that. But six submissions is unacceptable guys. Let's get the submissions in. All right. And where is Michelle at? Where's Michelle? No submission this week. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It is. And this is a good topic, a good chance to get involved. All right, that's it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week. We appreciate you listening to the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.